It's that time of week, the time you've been waiting for. It's time for Goat Gab, a weekly podcast about all things in the dairy goat industry. Sit back and enjoy an hour or so with your hosts, Laura Warren Hughes and Cameron Jedlowski, as we talk about ideas and topics that matter to the dairy goat world. Welcome back, Goat Gabbers, to another exciting episode of Goat Gab. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Cameron Jodlowski. And I'm your other co-host, Laura Warren Hughes. Excuse me. We are so excited to be here this week and um, especially excited because we have a guest. And I would love to introduce you all to my friend, Melanie Boren. Hi, Melody. Hi, everyone. We're so excited to have Melanie on to help us recap convention, especially as someone that was not in the blue or in the know here because um if you know you know and i don't know so melanie it's your job to bring myself and other people that weren't at convention up to speed of everything that happened last week in syracuse oh gosh well i will try to do my best i think i was in kind of a unique um area to to do all the things I did. I was able to uh, lead some of the programming. I attended some of the board meetings, and then I went to as many workshops and programs uh, as I could. So I, I did everything with convention uh, that there is to do, I felt like. <laughs> uh, Melanie, I feel pretty confident in saying that convention would not have been what it was if it weren't for your efforts and especially what you did for the youth. And we're going to get into that a little bit more, but uh, to kind of start off um, you, after you got home, I'm sure like the rest of us, you had a lot of stuff going on on the farm. Yes, we will start breeding season here. Well, as soon as the first goat comes into heat, I've been tracking heat, but I didn't want to breed anybody um, too early. We usually wait till about mid-March to start kidding. So I had to wait till uh, after convention. So we'll start that off this month. And then because I'm also a 4-H leader, uh, we're kicking off 4-H enrollment this month and getting new families signed up and answering all of those questions. Um, and that's always exciting because we always have new people that want to start out with the goat project. So um, that's keeping me busy right now. And so, Melanie, for our listeners who don't know anything about you, you're from Colorado. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your involvement with dairy goats and your farm and so forth? Oh, sure. So uh, we have Sugar Beet Farm here in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, like I said, I'm a 4-H leader. I'm our county fair dairy goat superintendent. Um, I'm the president of the Colorado Dairy Goat Association. Um, We put on a couple shows a year. And then at the ATCA level, um, I'm a committee chair for the Youth Education and Annual Meeting Committee, which is kind of a long way of saying I I work with the youth and I help put on programming at convention. And your daughter is kind of a big deal too, right? (laughs) <laughs> she is the outgoing youth rep for ADGA. So she was youth rep all of this past year. And then um, we handed that off to some other people uh, at the end of convention. If you were at the national show, you saw how many hours that Alicia tirelessly worked through the whole thing. It was just, she was just the constant smile at the end of the ribbon. She did a great job. 
you know, I, it really gave me a new perspective going as the parent of a youth rep. We It was in Pennsylvania, so that's just too far for us to drive with our goats from Colorado. So we flew and Alicia worked uh, the entire national show from setting up and getting all of the pottery put out. Um, she and Marina, who were, was the alternate youth rep, uh, did just all the hard work. Every morning they had to be up and have all the next day's awards set up by usually 7 to 7.30 a.m. because the show started at 8 and showing two and sometimes three reads a day. Some nights they didn't get done until midnight, one in the morning. It really was, it was grueling, but boy, it sure was fun. And they had a smile on their face the whole time. They really did. <laughs> well, that's interesting because it's it's not only the daughters patching the torch, but I feel like the moms as well. Laura, do you want to tell the listeners your exciting news as a parent? Oh, well, yeah. So it was very exciting that um, Alicia got to pass the Agda Youth Rep torch off to my youngest daughter, Caroline. So um, it it's Caroline just loved getting to know both of our youth reps last year at the national show. And um, it was just a huge, a huge honor for her to get to represent um, the American Dairy Good Association as a youth rep. And she's so excited to be working uh, with her new um, alternate youth rep, which is um, Cade Cockburn, a former guest on our podcast here. And most people know Cade, he's a judge and he's like an amazing guy. So um, I, I, I feel like that it, it'll be a fun year. So I look forward to that. And I'm sure, Melanie, I'll be calling you and saying, hey, how did you do this or um, any advice here? So, Yeah, a little funny story about nationals. I thought, oh, Alicia's going to be working and I'm not going to have anything to do because I won't have my goats. And so I actually brought a book to read during the national show for, you know, when there was some downtime and as you know, I ended up at the show secretary table, um, running, being a ring steward, running things to the office. There was definitely a need for more volunteers and there was no book reading going on. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I, I think the need for volunteers and other thoughts can come uh, a little later on in the podcast, but let's talk a little bit about and rewind here. And Melanie, why don't you start? Let's, you talked a little bit about breeding season, but anything else going on happening, happening on your farm? Um, no, that's pretty much it. We're kind of in a, a little bit of downtime right now. Um, everybody's dried off. And so we're just getting uh, goats moved around into different groups based on um, breeding plans or sometimes by weight. If we've got a group that needs to lose some weight, they'll go in together. Um, we mostly have Nigerian dwarfs and we still have two Toggenbergs that uh, Alicia has a side Toggenberg project. So we're, we're still working on a few Togs, but they're mostly Nigerian dwarfs. I, I tell myself I have a uh, side Toggenberg project too, but then I realize it's my wife's goats and they outnumber mine. So <laughs> That's not a side project anymore, Cameron. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that is my big what's happening on my farm. I am officially just twirling my 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 ring around as I talk now nervously um, about it, and I find myself playing with this weird um, ob circular object around uh, my ring finger here at all times of the day. Um, so that was that's kind of the big thing that happened recently for all the goat gabbers that were not aware that um you know we had a, we had a wedding coming up but after the wedding it means more time for goat gab 
It was the most wonderful wedding that I think I've ever been to, Cameron. It was so cute and so, so you and Catherine. I just want to say that it was, you just, you, the two of you, it was just wonderful. I I could go on and on, but I won't. I'm just saying (laughs) it was a wonderful thing. And we're so glad that you're going to be telling us about your wife now, not your fiance. So that's, that's exciting. Feel yes. like we've been along your side on this whole journey. <laughs> well, yeah, you re- we really have here. But uh, in addition to that, um, we have been busy doing a lot of breeding on our farm as well. Here, we counted today, or I counted today. Um, we're freshening. We, we've decided on our number now. It's twenty four. We're freshening, and um, according to my calculations, uh, twelve or excuse me, fourteen of them have been bred already. Um, so. If if all push comes to shove and everybody settles and the dust dust and the smoke clears, um, we could be very busy. We could be milking fourteen, which is kind of the number I want to be at by like March fifth of next year. Oh, so, oh wow, um, kind kind of scary. Um, but uh, you know, my people are like, oh, well, you have your theory, Cameron, about you only keep goats and and keep goats long term from like March first or born like March first to like. January 15th or something like that. And that's true. And that's where I want to be. But um, it also means that there's going to be a lot of senior kids between uh, my farm and my dad's farm and and Catherine's herd. And so um, could be a very, very busy February. Um, um, But I think two are coming into heat. So uh, that'll number our, that'll slow our number 12. Still sounds like a good number. It, yes, it does there. So uh, in addition to that, by the time this episode drops, we will have our first blood test back um, by then. So we will know if our first batch of goats are pregnant. So very excited about that. In addition to that, we've been preparing for collection on Monday, uh, which will be yeah, this Monday here. Um, and then we've also I've also been doing some administrative cleanup work on the goats, if that makes sense. Um, getting goats transferred into the right names, uh, between herds, um, you know, getting our final DNA test that we need build for the year or not build for the year, but, but, uh, subscribe for the year. Uh, we're missing some registration papers, not by Adga's fault at all, all our own. So I put some, um, help ticket, help tickets in there. And then I've been working, um, on just, you know, miscellaneous goat stuff that needed to get done, but was put off till the end of the year and after the wedding. Yeah, it's this is I always call this the the be thankful and catch up time of year, you know, kind of take a couple of breaths, make sure you've got everything done, make plans for, you know, a good winter and then the beginning of kidding season and all of that. So it's always fun. Well, we also did something really interesting, which was we set our 2023 goals for the year already. So I like to think we're ahead of we're ahead of the eight ball now. Very good. Will you share them? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So we've got two big ones here. One, we want to participate in LA next year, um, whether we're a host herd or do it with my dad or do it with a group of people in Wisconsin. We'd like to do linear appraisal next year. And then the other one's a little lofty here, but we would like to at least do some type of flushing IVF for embryo transfer on at least two goats next year. Um, and then we want to, my goal for the herd is to laparoscopically AI at least five goats and that's with um, actually Catherine on the gun as well there. Um, and that means we've got to procure all the equipment and everything and refine some protocols and such there. But um, lofty goals uh, for the year, but, um, you know, set them, set them high and set them big um, and we'll see what happens. 
Sounds very cool to me. Yeah, Laura, what about you? What's happening on your farm? Uh, well, let's see. When when I left for convention, I think maybe we had one goat bread? No, didn't have any goats bread because they weren't coming in heat. And uh, I swear, while I was gone, I think Elizabeth bred half the herd. Not really, but a whole bunch of goats came and eat, like, all at once. So that's <laughs> you know, that's good, because March kids are my, like, absolute favorite. And um, my brother-in-law came over and did an AI for me while I was gone, because, you know, I really wanted her AI'd. And, um, yeah, so that's that's always nice. When, when your family can help you out with your goat passion, it just makes it work better. So... Um, got some goats, got some goats bread and, um, we, uh, we have some news. We brought a new, we got a new little goat on our farm that arrived yesterday. So, um, one of the little spotlight sale kids made her way to Missouri. And so we are very happy to have Moet in our barn and, uh, she, she's seems to be fitting in, seems to think Missouri isn't too bad of a place yet. Of course, you know, it's beautiful right now. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes in the fall. But uh, she's, she's settling in really well. So we're excited to have her. Awesome. Well, we're excited that you have her as well there. Um, this week on Goat Gab, we are bringing back our sponsorships here. So we welcome back our first sponsor now that Cameron's life is a little less crazy um, and can do that organization. Uh, this week's episode of Goat Gab is sponsored by our friends at Morse Goats in Minneota, Minnesota. Uh, Morse Goats is operated by Garrett Morrison family there, and they specialize in raising high-quality breeding stock and with uh, breeds uh, such as Sonnens, Alpines, La Manchas, Toggenbergs, and known for their recorded grades as well, with an occasional Nubian thrown in there. Moore's Goats has had numerous accolades, including winning classes at the national show, uh, junior champions at the uh, junior champion and reserve junior champions at the Adga National Show, um, high milking does with successful uh, lactations there, as well as being uh, successfully showing against tough Midwest competition um, and uh, winning numerous best in shows, not only in juniors, but in seniors as well, and also having high appraising does. If you're looking to add a doe or a buck to your herd, check out Morse Goats on Facebook at Morse Goats, or check out their website there, morsegoats.wixsite.com backslash Morse Dairy Goats. Thank you to Morse Goats and Garrett Morse and family for this week's sponsorship. We're very happy to have Garrett and family on. So yay. Thanks, Garrett. A, a prior Goat Gab guest. Yes, correct there. But Melanie, are you ready to jump on in? I sure am. We are so excited to be talking about the 2022 Adga Convention. And um, just like the convention started out, I think a great place to begin is talking with talking with Melanie about the youth program because that was that was kind of her baby. So I'm guessing that when it was all said and done, you probably did feel like a proud mama, right? <laughs> yeah, it definitely was a whole year in the making. Um, you know, I'm I'm the head of a committee. Um, I, I was the co-chair um, with my friend Jessica, and it took us all year of working with the committee, primarily via email, to put together the programming and um, and get it all lined up. But it, it we pulled it off, and it sure was a really fun and I think very successful youth program this year. How many kids did we have, Melanie? We ended up with 41 kids, which 
was really amazing. I remember when Alicia first started out coming to convention, you know, it was somewhere in the 20s usually. Um, and then after COVID, we saw a big surge in kids wanting to participate. And we had 40 kids in Tucson, Arizona last year. And we didn't know if that was just a one-time thing or if we were going to kind of see that increase um, continue. And I think now that might be the the new norm is to have a lot of youth involved. So um, it was great. It was a little unexpected to, to have 41, but we totally were able to make it work. And, and it was great. The times that I was around the kids, Melanie, they all seemed to get along so well. You didn't see like little factions here and factions there. Most of the time they all like jumped in and participated and, and ones that were more outgoing. I saw them bringing in ones that were maybe a little bit more shy and it looks like they just really got along well. Absolutely. I think we had such a great group of youth participants this year. Um, like you said, we had the older kids who really were kind of mentoring the younger kids. And a lot of those older kids have been to convention numerous times and kind of know how it goes. Um, we also take the kids who are running for youth rep and put them in charge of teams or different groups at different times, just to kind of see how they interact with the younger kids and with each other. Um, the age range for the youth program is right around 12. We get a couple of nine or 10 year olds, but mostly it's about 12 up to 20. So it does tend to, um, be more uh, older kid based, but there definitely are younger youth involved as well. And the older kids just include them right in. And it's just really neat to see them all working together for sure. And what was the geography distribution? What was, I guess we kind of hinted at it last week on Goat Gab, but I guess just from a, a, a programming standpoint, when your side there, um, did it stretch as far you know, west as it could? Could it have gone south more? Um, what was kind of the geographic distribution? Sure. So one of the things that we do on the first day, we do a lot of icebreakers and get to know you games and things like that to get the kids interacting. And one of the things that we did right off the bat was a little contest to see who traveled the furthest. And I would say we had a little bit under a third of the kids were local. They were from New York or the surrounding areas. Uh, but then they come from all over the United States and our furthest away was, um, Ended up being Tanner Rovey from Oregon, um, but we had Idaho and we had California and we did have one signed up to come from Florida and she wasn't able to make it uh, because of the hurricane. Wow. Awesome. That's, that's quite a, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So what did you guys do on Saturday? I know I did see some pictures. I'm pretty sure of Saturday, um, but what were kind of some of the highlights of Saturday's youth events there? We had some amazing uh, workshops and presentations from Dr. Tatiana Stanton and the vet students from Cornell. And some of those included um, You've Got to Be Kidding workshops. So that was all things kidding related. And Tatiana smuggled two little baby goats into the hotel. So that was kind of a, a hit right off the bat. Uh, we had Mad Vet Science where she actually brought in repro tracks and they talked about heat cycles and the kids did some AIing on the repro tract. They had a whole section on parasites and they got to uh, run their own fecals with microscopes. 
And we had a um, Have Goat Will Travel, which was talked about body condition scoring, how to have a healthy goat, and then kind of moved into packing with goats and other ways that you could can use goats. So it was just a super hands-on workshops with these live animals. And it wasn't all classroom. Like they weren't just sitting there listening to lectures. There was lots of getting up and moving around and and getting to really uh, work with work with the animals. Uh, we made youth t-shirts. We did that thing where you put the stencil on the shirt and spray it with bleach. Um, and that turned out really good. All the kids got a, got a shirt and nobody's clothes got ruined from the bleach, which was my biggest fear. Uh, we did a scavenger hunt at the hotel and that's always a really fun thing to do that first evening. Cause the kids have all kind of gotten to know each other. It really kind of bonds them together, uh, in their teams. We did have a wedding going on in the room right down the hall from us. And so we really had to, uh, make sure that the kids knew they were not allowed to go crash the wedding and get things for their scavenger hunt. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and then that first day we do, we also do a skillathon review using Kahoot and we put the kids in teams and we review just all the different topics you could possibly think of about goats. We review what they learned during the day in their different workshops. And then after dinner, we hold the skillathon competition, which, um, we set up different stations around at different tables and the kids go around and have to answer questions. And it's really like a knowledge contest for the kids. There's no way we can teach them everything they need to know during a two day program. So a lot of it is the knowledge that they come in with, but once they start coming to convention every year and they can kind of build on that knowledge, plus what they learn throughout the year on their own. Um, it's really a, a fun contest and uh, it's stressful. The kids are always nervous about it. But um, then we do the awards on Sunday for that one. So that, that was Saturday. That was just the first day. And then, of course, there's the not scheduled things that go on afterwards, uh, typically with some of the older kids, but lots of games of um, phase 10 and card games and uh, sitting up and asking your mom at midnight, can you call and order us pizza because we're hungry again or <laughs> <laughs> things like that, but <laughs> things that make those lifelong memories too. Yeah. One of the things that they did in the vendor room this year, they put puzzles out um, at the empty tables in the vendor rooms. And, you know, it was just kind of a way for if people are in there, you know, looking at vendor stuff or visiting, they can sit and start working on the puzzles. And the kids loved going into the vendor room and uh, wanted to to work on the puzzles. And they were not easy puzzles. I think it took the whole week to get those put together. Laura, you're saying that your daughter potentially might have asked you to order pizza at midnight? Yes, but do you know what? Even DoorDash wouldn't bring pizza at midnight. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, guys, you are out of luck. So we tried. It didn't stop them. They stayed up and played cards anyway, I think. So let's move on Sunday. Melanie, what happened on Sunday? Well, on Sunday, we kicked it off with um, an awesome Goat Gab recording with uh, with youth, youth. And actually, Laura um, did a presentation on social media and the goat world. And that was great, really, getting to talk to the kids about how they use social media and how they can use it to promote their herds and ways to use it responsibly. So, um that was a that was a great little workshop. And then 
then we had a necropsy workshop. And this one, we did have an alternate activity. We let the kids know, you know, if you're not comfortable um, doing a necropsy, uh, we can go back to the room. And none of the kids started out wanting to come back to the room. They all wanted to see what, what it was all about. And that was very hands-on. Um, we kind of called it necropsy light. Like we didn't really go get too, too gory, but they definitely had, um, some actual animals to work on. And Tatiana and her team did a fantastic job with that. Uh, we had the I'm stuffed ruminant workshop, and that was a study of the rumen and proper feeding. Um, and then we had the Pink Ladies team, which was a group of uh, some of the older kids who had come together and done a fitting team at Nationals. They put a presentation together and talked about what is the fitting team contest and why is it fun and why they should do it. And so that was very well received. Anytime kids give presentations to other kids is, is, uh, is always good. Uh, we also have a group project as part of the youth program, and this year's theme was Jeopardy. So each uh, team, we put the, the youth into teams, and they each had a topic, and then they had to come up with Jeopardy questions um, for that topic. Then we played Jeopardy for a while in the room, and that was really fun. And uh, then we brought that back at the youth banquet that night and uh, did some questions for the adults. Then at the end of that day, we moved into the youth rep interviews. So any uh, of the older youth who want to run for youth rep have to fill out a pretty lengthy application. Then uh, they have interviews that day and we have um, some senior or I guess some ADGA members that volunteer to be judges for us. And they come up with interview questions and uh, the kids go back and get dressed in their professional uh, attire and they have a, have an interview. And then after everybody has gone through the interview, they get their speech questions. And so it's an impromptu speech that is given at the youth banquet, which is like 150 people. Um, so many kids have told us that that's the hardest part of the whole thing is having to give that impromptu speech. So they get their speech topics and then they um, have about an hour, hour and a half to write their speech. And this year's speech topic was, what have you learned from failures in your life? And it was really, um, it was really a good topic to use because everybody was able to think of things to share where they had failed and then what they had learned from it and that they came out of it a better or stronger person. So um, that was all on Sunday. And then Sunday night ends with the youth banquet and awards. And we were so lucky to have our keynote speaker was Carly Santangelo. She is the New York State Teacher of the Year, and she's also an ADGA licensed judge. And she had a goat in the spotlight sale. Uh, she was very inspirational and got uh, it was very well received. We did our team contest presentation. So we played Jeopardy with the uh, people in the room and had them try to guess their 500 level questions. Those were hard questions. They were hard questions. I agree. I agree. And we told the kids they had to um, find sources for all of their questions because I didn't want to get challenged on any of the answers. So they, they had to have good, valid sources. Yeah, it was neat. One of the, one of the questions that they asked was, what year was the first, Melanie, make sure I'm getting this right, the first embryo transfer goat born, right? 
I think it was, yeah, it was the first embryo transfer and it was something like the 1930s or something like that. It was, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I don't think it was using technology we use today, but it was the first actual one that survived. Yeah. That's just kind of, that's, that was mind boggling. And I think everybody there was like, whoa, I can't believe that. So it was cool. They did a great job. It was fun. And when they asked, um, what year were Nigerians added into the Adga Herd book? We had people shouting from their tables that knew the answer. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> it was. Yeah, that was fun. I think Ellen Dorsey awesome. was the one who got that answer. I believe that that's, <laughs> I believe that is who got it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. And, and Melanie, again, thank you for all of that hard work uh, that you put into that weekend. Cause it was just amazing. And I know, I know that all of us, you know, we're kind of giving a little nod upstairs to Chris Strickland because this was always something that she was so passionate about. And I can say that she would be very, very proud of, of the program that you were able to put together. Well, thank you. It was definitely fun. And Jessica and I, while we were doing the the uh, banquet and the youth awards, kept saying, how did Chris just pull all this together all by herself? Because it felt like we were you know, kind of scrambling and having to keep up and make sure that everything uh, went on time and according to schedule. And Chris would just kind of show up and go through the program and do all the awards and the presentations. And she made it look so easy. So, um, but it definitely, she had kind of set us up for success and left a good framework in place that we were able to just continue on with. So Melanie, this was a schedule change from how it's been done in recent years where the youth were the last part of the convention and in the weekend part of the convention was at the close of the convention. Compare and contrast to what we did this year. What do you think? Did you like it better this way? Yeah, you know, I was I was torn um, at the beginning. I actually didn't think I was going to like having them at the beginning because when we're at the end, um, we get to participate in the spotlight sale and there's a lot of people there. Um, and we have lots of time to set up and put things in place. And so having it at the beginning, we had to come in a day early, but then we just had to hit the ground running on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. There was no room to figure out, you know, oh, how many kids do we really have or where did they come from? We had to have all that in place ahead of time. But in retrospect, I'm, I think it totally worked. Um, we definitely had more people there at the youth program, I mean, at the youth banquet than we did have in previous years, because at the end, all the directors had been there all week and they were, a lot of them, starting to leave um, when the youth program was just getting going. So by moving it to the first weekend, um, it definitely, we had more involvement with the adults and they also had moved the, um, they had flipped the whole schedule and moved the AASRP, um, the vet um, programming to coincide with ours, as well as the judges um, TC. So that all, there were so many people there for that first weekend that I think I liked the the new schedule. And, you know, I definitely would have liked an extra day to get organized. So I think, you know, next year we'll see if we can get into our rooms a day early and get set up. But other than that, I thought it worked out really well. Good. Awesome. Awesome there. Um, Laura, I think the next thing kind of on the kind of the whole overall general schedule was the TC. And you had the opportunity to do some volunteering there at the TC, correct? 
Yes, I got to be a runner on the TC on Monday. And so for people who aren't familiar with what that means, um, the runner is the person that gets to walk uh, candidates back and forth to give their oral reasons. So um, when you go to a training conference, you have what they call the pool classes, as you well know, Cameron. And um, those are the classes that you give placings on. And there's, I think there's eight of them. I think there's eight pool classes, but while those are going on, um, you have the opportunity to judge one milking dough class and one dry dough class. And you give that class, uh, you give a set of reasons to a panel of judges. So it's a panel of three judges. We had enough candidates at this training conference that we had two panels running. And I just have to give a huge shout out to Nathan Funk and his family, because I think they were the ones that headed up getting all the animals for the training conference. This was run so smoothly. We had plenty of really great high quality animals to make good classes to talk about. Um, we had lots of handlers and people to switch out with handlers so people didn't get tired, tired because it's a long day and actually had enough um, animals for the, for the, um, reasons classes that we had two milking we had uh four milking group groups and we also had four dry groups so one judge could one candidate could be working a group while the other candidate is giving reasons so it went really really smoothly so that was that's what i got to do on sunday or on monday rather it was a great day and laura how did the candidates feel about it uh, besides nervous, apprehensive, like they didn't want to do it, but they knew they needed to type thing there. Uh, overall positive. I, I didn't hear any negative, negative feedback at all. It was at the New York state fairgrounds, which was about 15 minutes away from our host hotel. Easy to get to. Uh, it was chilly. That morning was chilly, but it was inside. So, you know, as long as you moved around and, and uh, you could step out in the sunshine and warm up a little bit if you needed to, but um, out of the weather and, you know, nice and clean and, and dry. And it was just, it was really a great, a great um, experience, I think. And, and people seem to be really positive about it. And Laura, do we have some new members of the brotherhood as the judging community calls it there? I think we do. I don't have a list, but you know um, we had, several people, you know, several new judges in several that advanced or maintained. And, and, you know, always with these, there are some people who don't have, who don't have the success that they were hoping for. But um, I didn't hear any sets of reasons that I thought sounded, sounded bad. You know, I, I mean, I could, I could hear and people had confidence and, and, you know, maybe, maybe not the placing placings that they wanted to make. Maybe there were some things that the panels pointed out to them that they could work on. And, and I feel like that both panels were very complimentary and very supportive and, and very encouraging. So I hope that, you know, for the, for those judging candidates that didn't get the results they wanted, I sure hope they come back and try again, because it's always, it's always heartwarming to see new folks that are jumping into judging and doing, you know, doing their very best and, and, if you don't get it the first time, come back and try again. Absolutely there. I think there was four new members of the brotherhood, as some people call it there, uh, of judging um, that were uh, that were awarded uh, apprentice license. So congratulations to them. But Laura, did it give you any inspiration or gusto or energy to come back to the brotherhood yet? <laughs> 
oh, maybe down the road. <laughs> maybe, maybe, that's a good, maybe that's a good retirement project for me, huh? <laughs> Eventually we'll catch up to you down the road. So, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, maybe. In the meantime, I really do enjoy uh, volunteering and helping with that. Help, helping with that. It was a lot of fun. Yes, on that one there. So both of you had the opportunity to attend the the welcome dinner. And Laura, you got to do a special presentation with the Pioneer Program, correct? Well, we tried something a little bit different this year. And I think it's something that, that we're going to continue tweaking. Um, we have so many amazing people who are in AGA that that have contributed so much and, and have done a lot. And so uh, we get to honor them as pioneers. And this year we honored four uh, ADGA members as pioneers. So the first was Barb Norcross from the eBarb herd, um, and Helen Snyder from the Starfire herd, Eleanor Ryder and her family from Sunkist. And the last pioneer, um, honoree that we had was David Funk from Shenango Hills. And, um, of all of them, David Funk was the only one that was able to be there. So he actually, uh, got to be on stage and I actually got to interview him live on stage about his experience with dairy goats. And uh, we had um, some PowerPoint pictures and we're able to talk about some things. And I think, I think it was a lot of fun to hear, hear from people in their own words. And um, I was able to get Eleanor Ryder on the phone and we recorded, we recorded um, kind of an interview about her experience with goats and um, just a neat way to honor people who've, who have really meant a lot to ADGA over the years. So that, that was fun. I really enjoyed, um, felt very honored to get to be part of, that program. And Melanie, were you able to sit in on that? And what were your thoughts on that? I thought that was great. It was really neat to have everybody there for the welcome dinner. People were excited to see each other. And then having the Pioneer program, I'd never seen one. Um, and just honoring those historic herds and hearing from the people themselves um, Boy, the memories were were just amazing. So I thought it was great. Awesome. Well, good to hear. And I look forward to seeing how uh, the Agile History Committee kind of continues to refine and tweak that presentation in order to help um, continue to uh, educate the people on Agile's exciting history that it's had there. Um, but I think the most um, – Let's talk a little bit before we get into the board of directors meeting about the rest of the week program, a.k.a. the stuff that uh, Laura missed because she was um, saving the world, as I will say, her and the rest of the directors. And and darn, there was so much that I missed because, you know, I heard people walking out and saying that they did this and they did that. And, and, you know, a lot of things that, gosh, guys, if you have the opportunity to go to an ADGA convention and haven't ever been to one, just think about is like, goat college in some ways because you learn so much about so many aspects of dairy goats yeah for sure on that one there um but i am going to ask melanie here uh which did you go to the goat cheese and hard cider pairing one because i that was the only one i was like absolutely i can't believe i'm not there no i actually missed the goat cheese and hard cider but i did go to the paint and sip where we painted goats and sipped on, uh, I don't know, some kind of wine. Oh, it was sangria, actually. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. Wow. That, that is equally as cool, okay? I'm a terrible artist, and um, I doubt that sangria would help my art abilities at all, but my hat's off to those of you that can paint and drink. I think that sounds like fun. 
It was really a cool uh, workshop where they had they kind of gave us the outline of a goat. So we got to copy an outline and then we filled it in with watercolors of however we wanted to do it. And so um, a lot of us went with the rainbow or the splatter effect, like really trying to kind of get outside of the having to paint a goat that looked realistic, which was beyond my abilities for sure. Now, Melanie, was it splatter or was it moon spots? <laughs> Definitely splatter. <laughs> you could have made a unicorn goat for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to post some of those pictures on Facebook. They, they, it turned out good. It was I was skeptical that I would be able to paint anything resembling a goat, but it turned out good. Well... Digging a little deeper maybe into some of the educational programming besides the fun ones, unless some people think education is fun, which I do. I, I am a fan of education there. But I guess what were some of the highlights of some of the other programming that they had throughout the week there? Well, it, it just was amazing the breadth of choices for, for programming. Every single day there were multiple things to choose from. And so, you know, there were some th- classes or workshops that were more management or goat care based. Um, they had an internal parasite workshop and you could get FAMACHA certified. Um, and that one took, I think that was most of the day on Monday. Um, they had uh, one on prevention, control and eradication programs for CLCAE and Yonis. Um, and then how to do a field necropsy, which was amazing. I, um, took half a day and did that one. And we necropsied two full-size goats that had died just that morning. And then there also were multiple um, stillborn kids that um, we were able to do necropsies on. And just going through the um, the steps and, you know, knowing that there is a certain order that you do things in and getting comfortable with, with doing that. It was just amazing. I don't think I would ever have that opportunity, um, outside of, of ADGA convention. And they had a couple of other all day programs you could do. There was the AI workshop that Alicia did and, um, there half of it was classroom and then they moved outside and they were AIing, uh, goats and, I think that was just a great opportunity for her. And they had the type conference, um, which was on the last day. And then kind of interspersed with all of that were many uh, just one hour workshops that you could just pop in and listen to or participate in. Some were more hands on. Some were um, just more more listening. One was a, a panel of breeders and it just said uh, to be announced for who the breeders were going to be. And so we went in and um, it was four very well-known prominent breeders and they all would answer things like, um, you know, what is your feeding program? What do you do for minerals? How do you manage your bucks? Things like that. And getting to hear how four people who have done very well with their goats, um, both in production and in show environments, um, kind of gives you inspiration and think makes you think, okay, how am I doing my management management of my animals and and how can I tweak that? So um, 
just a lot of really amazing opportunities. And then, of course, like you said, the fun workshops. Uh, there was the Nepal Goat Project with Dan Laney, uh, the goat cheese and hard cider. There was some felting and soap making and lotions um, workshops. So lots of those uh, all day long. Sounds like it. As Laura's favorite word, awesome, um, awesome. experience and time and truly uh, awesome. Yes, um, a truly educational, but yet fun and informative. And and one thing I love about convention, the one time I've been, is that it's such an informal time. You know, you go to a show, you're busy, you're running around there, but you have so much opportunity to visit with people outside of the hall, in the hallways or in a workshop or when you're doing hands on hand things there. And I think that's just so great to not only build your network and your relationships in the, in the goat community, but, but also be able to bounce ideas off each other. Cause we all know I call Laura multiple times a week in order to bounce some crazy idea I have, right, Laura? Yep. Vice versa. <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, being able to make those connections and like you said, talking to people that I was in a class with or after staying after and talking to the instructor. Um, you know, I think I added more friends on Facebook in the last week than, you know, I have in the whole last year. And it was just after, you know, seeing, uh, hearing something that they related to the class or, um, I don't know, just kind of building that goat community, like you said. I didn't realize how important that would be of an aspect of going to convention. And and uh, I was surprised with how much, I guess, networking I was able to do. It was great. Yeah, you make yes, those friends well, that you know you can call no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so it sounds like we had some great times outside of the meat and potatoes of of what everyone was on their seats for for the Edgar convention there. But let's talk a little bit about the board of directors meeting here and maybe go into the um, less glamorous, less sexy part of convention and more, um, hey, let's get the train back on the tracks type thing there. Um, let's talk first and I'll ask Melanie first and then I'll ask Laura, what were your kind of overall impressions of kind of watching the board meeting? Melanie, if you had an opportunity to sit in. Sure. I did sit in for as much of it as I could. I made a point of every morning, um, starting off the day by sitting in on the board meetings. And just so everyone knows, the board meetings are for the most part open to the membership and they have a, they call it the gallery set up and, uh, it's a uh, area kind of off to the side and anybody can sit in and listen in on almost all of the discussion and the voting and um, just hear all of the issues. You can hear all of the um, uh, committee reports and then hear the directors discuss that. So for me, that was the first time I've ever done that. And that it was really interesting to me to see how the board worked together. Um, I got to see the executive committee be elected. Uh, they did that, that all um, in the public sort of setting. And I have to say, I was so impressed with all of the directors. You know, there was definitely disagreements. There were hard conversations. Not everyone got the things that they wanted. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone really 
was making a very obvious effort to put AGA first, to put our membership first, and to to come up with solutions and make decisions to put the organization fo- first um, and move them forward. And and so that really uh, made an impression on me that, you know, sometimes on Facebook, you hear people making comments or you read whatever, and you think, oh, they're, you know, they're putting their own interests first. And everybody, it was a united front that we need to make sure that ADGA succeeds. So that was my impression. <laughs> I would agree with you on that, Melanie. I'm glad that that came through. And, and, you know, I think everybody was a little bit apprehensive going into this convention because, you know, we knew that there was a lot that needed to be done, a lot of hard decisions that needed to be made. And, and, um, you know, how is this going to work out? Are people going to be able to work? Because, you know, everybody's very passionate. And sometimes that passion comes through in good ways. And sometimes that comes through in hard ways, you know. And I, I agree with what you said, Melanie. I feel like that in the end, everybody really did work hard to make those difficult decisions and um, to move forward to hopefully get AGA back on the rails where it needs to be in, and uh, moving into the next 50 years as a successful organization. Uh, one other thing that, that just kind of struck me was that uh, where there were things where somebody maybe didn't get what they wanted and there was some, you know, passionate arguing for or against, and then, and then the directors would vote and the person who didn't get the, the thing that they wanted, um, everyone just had to move right into the next topic. There were so many topics to cover, um, at this meeting. There was no uh, grudges being held. It, it seemed like you know you you had to argue for what you wanted, make your case, and but if it didn't go your way, then just move right on. And the person you were arguing against might be with you on the next topic. And it, it definitely appeared that there people just didn't hold a grudge. They were able to, you know, the decision was made. Okay, now we're moving on to the next thing. All right. I, I have a question though, and, and I'm going to direct this at Laura because she was one of the ones making the hard decision. So, and I've heard you and I've read this stuff on Facebook and obviously I've talked to my dad and they've said, oh, you know, we made a lot of hard decisions. Laura, what in your mind would you be able to share with us was one of the hardest decisions made this convention? And why do you feel that? Financial decisions, I think are always the hardest because I know that all of us put a lot of money and a lot of resources into having the very best herd that we have. And whether that herd is, is you're milking a thousand goats or you're milking six, you're still putting a lot of your own time, money and resources into those dairy goats. And, and I feel like that the decisions that had to be made to um, raise membership fees, to raise, um, the mail-in registration fees. I feel like it's always hard when you have to, and when you have to raise fees on our members and it's not something that anybody takes lightly. Um, I think all of us know that it's just a fact of life right now that everything is more expensive. So, um, you know, when prices go up worldwide and then pay has to go up for employees, those that that money has to come from somewhere. So I feel like that that those were the hardest decisions to make. Um, anything that impacted uh, more money, asking our members for more money, is just hard to do. 
Yeah, I, I, I thought you were going to go there, but I thought I would have to ask as well there. Um, yeah. and, and those decisions aren't easy, aren't, aren't easy at all. Uh, and we did see some increases. In addition to that, we saw an increase in um, the LA stop fee that went up, what, 150 bucks, right? 50 bucks? Yeah, it went up. It went up from, let me get that. I've got it right here. Sorry. Linear appraisal. The minimum stop went up from from 350 to 400. So it went up by $50 on the minimum stop for a linear appraisal. And again, nobody gotcha wants there. to do that, but we also understand, you know, gas prices are higher. The cost to our association and our appraisers is higher and and you know, we just have we just have to do it. I I'm sure hopeful that people still feel like that it's a program that is so worthwhile that, you know, when you, when you figure a new cell phone costs you $800 and that phone might work fine just up until the time it dumps in the milk bucket while you're milking the next time. Um, I hope that people feel that linear appraisal is a little more, bit more valuable and, and worth half that amount of money. Yeah. That's a good analogy there, Laura. What about, I, I, I guess, you know, there are a lot of things that we can be proud of. And one thing we've heard is a lot of unity on Facebook there. Um, I guess from your eyes there, and this can kind of go into some of the, the summary of the board actions, which is I'm pretty sure is available on the Facebook for most there, but give me maybe some of the top uh, highlights from your eyes, Laura, of, and they cannot be just like, what you did, but maybe how people acted in certain situations. It can really be from anywhere that you saw throughout those three days of board meetings. You know, it really kind of started out um, with the election of our executive committee went very smoothly. Um, We had great, great candidates who stepped up and said that they would be willing to serve. Uh, We had some that said, "Uh, you can put my name on the ballot, but please don't vote for me. And, um, you know, I feel like that right out of the shoot, electing the executive committee went very, very smoothly and very well. And, and what a great group of people who have varied experiences and a lot of years in ADGA who, you know, said, yep, I'm ready to step up and and let's get our part. And I feel like, you know, from, from an overview of just looking at the convention, if, if I were going to give one word, I would say that we came out of it hopeful hopeful that the things that we were able to put into play are truly going to save ADGA and make it a stronger organization and put us back on the track that we all want us to be, which is first and foremost, being able to register animals accurately and easily. And then adding in all the things that we've come to expect from ADGA, our performance programs um, being integrated into the pedigrees and, and our registration papers, um, awarding of SG and awarding of, um, you know, elite animals and, and show wins and getting those permanent champions recognized on their papers so that they can show in champion challenge classes. I feel like every director knows that those are priorities that we need to get done. But first and foremost, we have to be able to run our office, which means, you know, having staff to run the office. And then we have to get our registration software NG running smoothly without the glitches that we've all put up with for the past year and a half. So. Okay. Awesome there. Um, I guess, Melanie, any thoughts or anything else from the board meeting? Were you happy with the progress there as a, as a, as a, as a regular member there, regular member, I'm not going to say regular member, Melanie, you're a special member and an awesome member to me, but as a (laughs) non-director member. 
Yeah, you know, I definitely <laughs> think um, progress was made, and and I would echo what Laura said about coming out of it hopeful. You know, I think it was um, maybe a little optimistic, thinking, okay, all of our problems will be solved in three days of meetings. Um, and I just like everybody else, I, I want to see milk stars. I want to see show wins. Uh, you know, all, a lot of the reasons that we're all part of ADGA is to participate in these programs. And it's frustrating not being able to use them to their fullest. But at, at the end of the day, I want to have my account balance be correct and be able to easily register a goat and to be able to help my new 4-H members go through the steps of getting a herd name and getting a tattoo um, without it having to jump through a bunch of hoops and, and have it be hard. So um, I'm very hopeful that that in the next year we will accomplish a lot and, and that the board of directors is moving us in the right direction. I think, Melanie, you hit on something that is so important. You know, the board of directors meetings this year, we added an extra day, but I, you know, I also want people to know that it wasn't just, they were, it was three, 11 and 12 hours days. I mean, it was, it was really long and it was really intense and, and there was not downtime. I mean, it was, it was um, rubber to the road and, and we just went as hard and as fast as we could um, to the point of missing out on some things that we kind of wanted to close the week with like the awards banquet on, on Thursday night. Uh, we, you guys were two hours late to the awards banquet. We had to start dinner without you. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but you know, having said that it's not going to be an immediate fix. And so I really feel like it's important for members to know that, that, that the things we're trying to put into play are going to take some time. We didn't get into this mess overnight and we're not going to get out of it overnight, but um, you know, I really would encourage everybody to look over the summary of board actions. They're available online. And then when the whole, um, when all of the minutes from the board of directors meetings come out, please take some time to read that because I think it's really eye opening when you see the discussions behind things. And if, especially if there's something that you don't agree with or you don't understand, take the time to look at the discussion that was held around it because that will be included in in the minutes from the meeting. Awesome there. Well, let's, let's come up from our, our um, interesting conversation on the board of directors, because I'm excited for the progress that was made, but it wasn't all kumbaya. Um, but let's talk about the end of the week, which is not on our notes. And I don't know how we forgot this year, the spotlight sale in which we could be interviewing Melanie, one of the successful winners of the spotlight sale. <laughs> If you haven't had a chance to bid on a spotlight animal, do it. It's fun. Would you say it's addicting considering this is your second purchase? I would say it's addicting considering it's my second purchase. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie, were you able to make it there for the spotlight sale? I was. I had a seat ringside and I was taking as many pictures as I could. And it was, as always, amazing. Beautiful goats. Uh, amazing handlers. And, you know, for as much of the problems that ADGA has had, it, it, you know, seeing the interest and the support for these animals um, and the genetics behind them in the spotlight sale, it's kind of rewarding. It's like, okay, we're going to be okay. People are still willing to spend money on goats. So the last two animals being sold 
One was over $19,000. I think, was she 197? I think, was the uh, Tempo Alpine kid. And then the very last one was the Old Mountain Farm um, Nigerian buck. Both of those animals set records, one for the most, the highest price standard breed. And then the other one is the overall anytime sale animal at the spotlight sale. Was the excitement in the room just almost, I mean, could you almost feel it? Oh, it was amazing. And, you know, the the people who were working as the the bid spotters, uh, Dan Laney was on one side of the room and um, who else was on the other side? We had we had four people total and, um, you know, they would either be on the phone or talking with somebody um, in the room and coming back with, you know, having to decide, am I going to keep going? Am I not? It was it was an amazing show just to watch and to be a spectator at. Awesome there. Um, and, you know, we saw very high prices and we even saw some people that afterwards made a viral meme of it saying they were marked safe from spending $30,000 on a goat uh, as well. Um, but um, <laughs> of all of that as well there, Melanie, I want your personal opinion. Which one, if you had the pocketbook, which one would have, what have you taken home? Um, n- no doubt the, the old mountain farm gold mine, just to, to be able to have a buck kid uh, of that caliber um, that, you know, definitely would be, would be high on my list. Although I have to say Nancy Bowling's uh, Springwater buck, um, was also just, you know, those Nigerians, they just bring so much excitement and maybe I'm a little partial because I'm a Nigerian breeder, but, um, you know, just seeing those genetics and hearing the goats that are behind them. Um, oh, it was just amazing. Any of the Nigerians I would go home with. <laughs> and, and Laura, I know which one you would have came home with cause you did come home with her. I did. You know, you can't you can't pick a goat based on personality. But I got to tell you, when I walk out to the tent and, you know, go out there ready to drool over all of those animals, because every one of them were truly outstanding members of their of their respective breeds. And and I can totally see them contributing down the road. But when you walk up to this pen with this sweet little Alpine that you already know you love the pedigree on her and she immediately runs up to the side of the pen, puts her little hooks, her little feet over the edge and gives you kisses down the side of your face. How could you say no? (laughs) You know, one thing that's kind of cool also about the sale is the people who have animals in the sale make, um, little things to put on the table to promote their animal or to, uh, you know, they do flyers and, and whatever. And so one thing that Carly Santangelo did for Moet was she took bottles of apple cider and decorated them, put a fake label on it with the goat's name. And it looked just like a bottle of champagne. And so they put them around at the tables and everybody was like, are they providing us with champagne? Is this the promotion? And then, oh, it was just apple cider, but it was very effective and cute. We have one of those bottles. She said, did you get one? She sent home with us. And I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. This is great. So it's just fun. The the excitement is always always an extra bit of spice for the beautiful animals that are being sold. So it's a great way to end 
always what's a long but rewarding convention week. So Laura and Melanie, I want to wrap up here with one question. Um, and I, it's the same question I asked the youth um, um, people at the during our podcast with them is, what's one word to describe the week of convention? Laura, why don't you start? Oh, gosh. Um, rewarding. Okay. Melanie, what about you? Hmm. Well, I was going to say exhausting, but it should probably be a positive <laughs> word. <laughs> I'm going to say inspiring. <laughs> you know, anytime you get to spend time with people who share your passion, that let's be honest, is just a little bit off the beaten path. And uh, you get to spend a whole week where it's the norm that people talk about goats and all of the associated things with goats. And, um, you know, you get to do things to better the industry and, uh, in Melanie's case, really contribute to the future of a bunch of really awesomely cool young folks. Um, you know, it was rewarding for me to know that, even though ag has been kind of a rough place over this past year, I, you know, maybe I can do something to help an organization that I feel so strongly passionately about. Um, it's just, it's just a good week. So I really hope that everybody considers coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma next year for the 2023 AGA convention. Yes. Well, Melanie, thank you so much for joining us this week on Goat Gab. We have really appreciated it. Thank you for having me. Yes. Melanie, do you um, have any information about where people can find maybe uh, any of your goat farm? Do you have like a Facebook page or a website where people can find information about your goats? Yep, absolutely. We are Sugar Beet Farm in Colorado. You can look us up. We have a web page um, and also a Facebook page. And sugar beets are kind of a big crop here in Colorado. Um, so you... Well, if you're going to do a search, you have to put in sugar beet farm goats, or you'll get a bunch of actual sugar beet farms. <laughs> That's interesting. Good. Um, as always, we want to thank our sponsor for this week, um, Moore's Goats in Minnesota, Minnesota. Thank you so much for being our sponsor this week. And thank you to our listeners for joining us this week as well. We do appreciate your time um, with us every every week now coming back. Please don't forget to give us feedback on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. We love your feedback and um, we are happy to be back on a weekly basis with you all. So thank you for being part of our Goat Gab family and have a great week.